Hi, this is Justin Hibbard, and you're listening to Why Catholic, my podcast on the what and why behind Catholicism. I am so grateful for you taking a few minutes with me today. I want to tell you a theory that I have. I'm not sure if I came up with this theory or if someone beat me to it. If they did, please send me an email to whycatholic at substack.com and let me know so I can give them credit. I call this theory the three ways of articulating a worldview or the three levels of articulating a worldview. It doesn't have a really snazzy title, but you'll get the gist of it. Now, a worldview is a framework for the way that we each see the world. All of us have a individual worldview, but we also have shared worldviews like, for example, Catholicism, atheism, Buddhism, Republicans, Democrats, etc. These are all shared worldviews. My, my theory goes like this. There are three levels for how we articulate a worldview. Uh, let me put it to you in I can statements. The first level is I can articulate what I think is true about a worldview. The second is I can articulate what is true about a worldview. And the third is I can articulate the why behind a worldview. Let's start off with the first level. I can articulate what I think is true about the worldview. The key word there is I think. You may have experienced a conversation perhaps on social media where someone said, well, you believe this. However, you don't believe the thing they accused you of believing. They thought or assumed you believe something based on a limited understanding of your worldview. And so instead of arguing the merits of the conversation, you likely spent your time arguing that you didn't actually believe what the person said you believed. Sadly, in our polarized social media dominated society, this is something that happens all the time. We see this especially with the 24-7 news channels. A lot of these channels aren't even news anymore. They're mainly dominated with opinion. And each of them has a primetime star that spends their airtime painting a bleak picture of the other party or the other side of things and then mocks and criticizes them mercilessly. However, most of the time, the picture they're painting of the other group is merely a caricature presenting them in their absolute worst light. And this is called a straw man fallacy. I mentioned in the introduction episode that I used to host a podcast called Politics in Plain English. My goal was to help people understand politics by explaining concepts and events without getting into all the spin. It was startling how few people really understood the political underpinnings because all they were doing was listening to voices in their echo chamber. I found that there were lots of people who could articulate what they thought was true about a particular point of view, but very little of it was ever accurate. Let me tell you about a fascinating conversation I had when I was a pastor at a Baptist church. I was counseling a young couple. The gentleman was a parishioner in the Baptist church that I pastored, and his girlfriend was Catholic. Religious tension was starting to build in their relationship, and so they came to me for help. At one point in the conversation, I said to them, well, you know, there are some big theological differences in your two beliefs. For example, communion. Catholics believe that the bread and wine become the body, blood, and divinity of Jesus. Whereas for us Baptists, communion is symbolic. The young lady stopped me. Catholics don't believe that, she argued. Sure they do, I responded. But she refused to give in. Finally, I just had to drop it. My point is that sometimes we don't even argue the truth about our own worldviews or shared worldviews, let alone what others believe. In this case, in this particular person did not believe that the bread and wine became the body and blood of Jesus. So I guess in one sense, she was articulating what she thought was true, 
but she was incredibly at odds with what Catholics believe or what the Catholic Church teaches. The Catholic doctrine of transubstantiation is core to Catholicism, that the bread and wine become the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. And we'll dive into that quite a bit later. This brings me to my second I can statement. I can articulate what is true about a worldview or a shared worldview. Notice in the previous illustration, even though I wasn't Catholic, I was able to articulate a more truthful worldview than the actual Catholic I was talking to. I understood her shared worldview better than she did, at least when it came to communion. However, at the time, I wasn't Catholic, nor did I ever think in a million years I would ever become Catholic. As a communications major, I took a number of debate classes, and I remember one uh, particular assignment where we were told the debate topic, but we weren't told what side we would be debating until right before the class began. It's these types of exercises that really train you not only to understand your own convictions, but to understand and articulate the other side as well, even if you don't necessarily believe them. Uh, sometimes you'll see an interview with a coach before a big game where they highlight the strengths of their opponents. This is called a strong man. Now, a straw man, which we talked about just a second ago, a straw man fallacy is when we misrepresent a person or worldview by painting it in its worst light. A strong man is where we present something in its most true and charitable form. Just because you can articulate the truth about a perspective, like I did with that Catholic perspective on communion, doesn't mean that you have to agree with it. After all, a coach may talk up their opponent but at the end of the game, they want to come out the winner. As a longtime Protestant, I think I can safely say that most of what Protestants know about Catholicism doesn't come from knowledgeable Catholics. It comes from Protestants who want to argue against the Catholic worldview. And certainly, there is a place for entertaining sources in your own perspective that are talking about another worldview. But if you truly wanted to know a worldview, why only rely on sources that don't believe in the worldview or haven't experienced the worldview you're trying to understand? Uh, if you wanted to know what it was like being an astronaut and being in space, would you only entertain sources that have never gone to space? If you wanted to know what the black community was like, would you only read material written by white people? One of the reasons we as a society are not good at getting to the second level of conversation where we speak in truths about other worldviews and other perspectives is because we prefer to surround ourselves with echo chambers who will only confirm our biases. If you're a Protestant, or better said, a non-Catholic Christian who is listening to this because you want to learn more about what Catholics believe, I, I want to commend you. Uh, maybe you're listening to this because you want to argue against the Catholic worldview. Again, I want to commend you for taking the time to actually learn what Catholicism teaches instead of relying on Protestant sources and the tired caricatures like Catholics worship Mary, they believe in a works-based salvation, they worship idols, etc. So thank you. I think you'll find this podcast, at least I hope you will, find it very beneficial to those ends. Now, I want to get to the third level. We've talked about the first level, I can articulate what I think is true about a worldview. And the second level, I can articulate what is actually true about a worldview. The third level is this, I can articulate the why behind a particular worldview. This is a level that we rarely ever get to in our own belief systems, let alone when talking about someone else's worldview. Have you ever asked someone why they believe something and they just stood there with a blank look on their face? Maybe they said, I believe it because it's true, or it's what my parents taught me, or it's because so-and-so said. 
Very few people actually spend the time thinking and wrestling with their own perspectives. They don't know why they believe what they believe. So let's take all of this knowledge, all of these three levels of conversation and apply it to something. Let's say the Trinity. A level one would be someone saying Christians are polytheists because they believe in three gods, which they call the Trinity. That's not true. The second level where we can articulate what's true about a, a particular worldview would be something like this. Christians believe in one God that is in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is called the Trinity. The third level would be saying something like Christians believe in one God that is three, in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is called the Trinity. And the reason they believe this is because in the first chapter of Genesis, when God creates the universe, he uses the first person plural and saying, let us create man in our image. And as the Bible develops, we see a multi personhood of God. This is further explained in the Gospel of John chapter 1 where Jesus is defined as the word of God made flesh. We also know that it is one God because the Shema says, Hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. We can go on and on, but hopefully you see the difference between merely articulating the what of a worldview and getting to the why. And best-selling author and motivational speaker Simon Sinek has a book called Start With The Why. In the show notes, I've included a link to his 2009 TED Talk presentation where he challenges his audience to start with that why, the motivation behind people's actions. When we get to the why of someone else's worldview, we exhibit empathy. For example, when I was a teacher, sometimes I'd have a student who would suddenly start showing alarming signs like not turning in homework, missing more classes, failing tests. And this was uncharacteristic of their performance. Usually this indicated some sort of trauma or something negative in their personal life. Now, I could have sat them down and had a stern talking to them about how they were on the verge of failing. Or what I did instead was sitting them down and trying to get to the why behind their uncharacteristic performance. And usually you find out that something serious is happening at home, like their parents are getting divorced. You may be thinking, hey, I'm here to learn about why Catholics venerate Mary or why they go to confession and talk to a priest. Why are we talking about this? The answer is this, because I want to stress that to truly understand a worldview, we have to understand the why behind it. And in doing so, we become better apologists in talking about our own beliefs, and we become more charitable people in talking about someone else's beliefs. As we dive further into Catholic beliefs and perspectives, my goal isn't just to talk about the what. It's to get into the why behind it all. But for now, let me say thank you so much for taking time to join me on Why Catholic. Please take a moment to subscribe to the Why Catholic podcast on your favorite podcast provider. Consider becoming a generous patron of Why Catholic. For just a few dollars a month, you'll receive some added benefits like being able to suggest future episodes, priority in having your question answered in Q&A episodes, and connecting with me in live discussions over Zoom. Most importantly, a portion of your donation goes to support Catholic ministries. Go to whycatholic.substack.com to learn more and get started. Thank you for joining me on Why Catholic. My name is Justin Hibbard. God bless you. I'll see you next time.